Hey everybody, this is Ernie Johnson, and welcome to EJ's Game Plan. It's your guide to working in sports media. Today we'll be talking to Adam Schefter, Senior NFL Insider on ESPN. This is the start of Ernie Johnson's class. Is it 2 o'clock yet? Let's see if it's 2 o'clock officially. Hope everybody's doing well here today. Um, Ernie Johnson was kind enough to basically rally together some people in our industry and to get them to offer up some thoughts on career paths. It's obviously a very difficult time for everybody in our country right now. Um, And so to me... One thing I love to do is I love to talk to people that are trying to break into the business or move ahead in the business or get ahead in the business or whatever it may be. And Ernie is such a gentleman, such a classy guy, class personified. We spoke this morning. I told him I've only had the honor of meeting him once in my life. I volunteered to work in a children's section of a hospital back when I lived in Denver And I would work there on a weekly basis. And back when Denver was hosting the NBA All-Star Game, Ernie came through and came with some NBA people to go visit some of the sick children at the hospital that I would volunteer with each week. And so I got to meet him then. And now that he's doing this, uh, it's a great honor to teach his sports journalism class today. Uh, I see somebody saying, I thought your bookcase was fake. No, see, it's, it's real. It's very real. There's nothing fake about it. Woj has a fake background. Jeff Passan has a fake background. Mine is, is real. Again, let, let's start out here. I guess people want to know uh, how you try to get ahead and how you move ahead in this business. And I think what is true for sports journalism, sports reporting, the media business is true of any business. It's no different. I think the same principles apply, the same traits apply, the same characteristics apply. Back when I went to the University of Michigan, you can see my Michigan helmets uh, in the background there. Uh, there there we go. See, right over the right over my shoulder, right there, the Michigan helmet. Um, I went to Michigan thinking that I would be going to business school or law school like everybody else. And when I got there, I rushed a fraternity. There were about 50, 60 guys going for about 10, 11 spots. I didn't get into the fraternity. So I went down to the football office to see if they needed somebody to pick up jock straps and hand out water bottles, anything. I would have taken any job that I could have gotten with the football office, and, and they didn't need anybody. And so I went down to the basketball office to see if they needed somebody, and they didn't need anybody. So I said, well, what can I do? And I wound up, only because the fraternity wouldn't have me, only because the football office wouldn't have me, only because the basketball office wouldn't have me, I wound up going to the student newspaper. Now, when I went to Michigan in 1985 as a freshman, I didn't go there with the idea, oh boy, I'm going to go to work for the Michigan Daily and set out to work for the student newspaper. It just kind of happened. And by the way, I see the questions rolling and we're going to get to some of the questions here as we go along, but I did want to speak to everybody uh, before we get to that um, and give you a little bit about my career path. And so I think that There was a lesson in that, and the lesson is there are going to be people that tell you no all along the way. And I don't care who it is in whatever line of work, there are very few people who start out doing exactly what they wind up 
doing in the end. There are very few people who start out with the type of job they want, the type of living they want, uh, the type of anything they want. It, it takes a long time. And what it takes to get to where you want to go, I believe those principles are the same uh, in every line of work. I think it's really important to get in the door. Get your foot in the door, whatever it is. I don't care if you're getting coffee for your boss or um, cleaning the mailroom or whatever it may be. It could be anything like that, right? The, the key is to get in the door. And once you're in the door, I think you have to make it such that that company, whether it's in journalism or finance or science or medicine or whatever it may be, you have to make it such that they can't and don't want to get rid of you. And, you know, a guy like Field Yates who texted me before, you're live now. That's a perfect example. He began working for ESPN, does football work, does fancy work, does everything, never says no, uh, treats people right. And I think those principles apply to everybody in any line of work, whatever they're doing. And so those are some keys, I think, as you go on. Now, it, it's a tough time in the business, um, tough time in our world, a lot of people going through a lot of struggles. And so it, it's not a great time to be getting a job in the sports media. We know that. But that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities to do great work and tell great stories and Anybody can be a broadcaster. Anybody can go live on Twitter, uh, do whatever it may be to make something happen. Um, so uh, I see the questions rolling in. And here's a question from Yash Mishra. It says, what are the most important traits for someone in your line of work? And forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name. Again, what I would say is I think they're important traits for anybody in any line of work. When I was breaking into the business... And let me say this, it took me two years, over two full years, to get a full-time newspaper reporting job. Um, I wanted it so badly, it didn't matter. I was willing to do whatever anybody else was not willing to do. So I worked, when I got my first job in Colorado in 1990, at the age of 23, never having been in Colorado, I wound up working on weekends. I wound up working on holidays. I wound up doing all the things that nobody else wanted to do. And it was the same thing when I went to graduate school in Chicago at Northwestern. I wound up doing all the things that nobody wanted to do. I volunteered at the Chicago Tribune and would work there weeknights, weekdays, weekends, and they would send me out to cover high school tennis matches, wrestling matches, volleyball matches, fencing matches. I, I tell the story one time, they sent me out to a fencing match in Chicago. I'd never been to a fencing match. So I go out there and I walk in and I see some guy in some motion creeping up to him and I'm watching this for about a half hour and finally I'm like, I better ask somebody, you know, what's going on here when this begins? And I go up to the guy and I said, hey, w when does this begin? Um, oh, wait, wait, I think, oh, I'm getting a message that my hand mic is muffled. Okay, hold on. Oh, my hand mic is now getting two messages. Okay, let's see if this is better. Uh, hopefully that's better. Um, so I was telling the story of a fencing match that I covered and, uh, thank you for the suggestions. It's better now. Uh, I said, when does this begin? And the guy goes, begin. It's over. I'm like, it's over. who won? I did. Okay. Well, I better get working on the story. And so you have to be willing to do things that other people aren't 
um, whether it's covering a fencing match, working holidays, working weekends. And I think when you're doing those things and you're doing all the things that um, nobody else wants to do, uh, I think it's always important to be honorable, to treat people right, um, do the right things, you know, just, just do the right things with people. Um, uh, now I'm getting a bunch of comp. My audio is in and out. Is the audio still going in and out? Or are we good now? Okay, good now. There it goes. Okay. So I want to take your questions as we go along and talk about some of the ways to move ahead in this business and some of the obstacles that I faced because there were enough obstacles. There was this bar on the Michigan campus. Um, oh, oh, you know, I, I, before we get to that story, I like this question from Julian Winters. It says, if you're an entry-level candidate, what are some pros to working at a newspaper company? Well, let me say this. I loved, loved, loved working in newspapers. I worked there for 16 years, the Rocky Mountain News, the Denver Post, and when I was in college working for the Michigan Daily. Um, newspapers, to me, that was something I always wanted to do. And it really gave me a basic understanding of the news business it taught me to formulate leads, to get right to the point, to not waste words, to be succinct in what I said. And newspapers provided the foundation that I now have. And, and it's funny because I didn't set out to be on television. That wasn't my thought. I wanted to be a general sports columnist. And instead, uh, it wound up being a football television reporter. And I had this conversation with my colleague, Adrian Wojnarowski, yesterday. You know, he was a sports columnist in New Jersey. Um, I think it was for the Newark Star-Ledger, I think, but maybe I'm wrong on the paper. Anyway, he was a sports columnist, and he left that job to take a basketball reporting job because he believed in the day and age of specialization. And I think it's really an interesting point, and it's an interesting time because... When I started covering the NFL in 1990, I would have to learn the salary cap. I would have to learn injuries. I would have to learn general managers thinking. I would have to learn coaches thinkings. And now you've got all these experts. We've got front office experts. We've got medical experts. We've got um, salary cap experts. We've got all these experts. I was the jack of all trades and the master of none back when I was starting out in a newspaper. And now... Uh, you've got all these people in specialized fields doing what they're doing. And so it, it, it's always great, I think, if you can specialize in something in this day and age and and take that to the next level. That That's one way of breaking into this business is specializing in something. But it is not the only way. And I still think it comes back to uh, being reliable, being productive, producing in those uh in those ways. Um, <laughs> okay. Would you rather go to a different college than Michigan? Field? No, I, I, like, come on. I loved going to Michigan. No, it, it, Michigan was fantastic. It was a great experience. Um, I'll tell you something funny that my college buddies, their daughters go to Michigan. I've always wanted to be a commencement speaker at a college, especially Michigan. And so with Michigan graduation canceled, they asked me to be their Zoom commencement speaker on Saturday. So I'm giving a commencement address on Saturday to a handful of Michigan graduates. 
I don't know, six, seven, eight people, whatever it may be. So that's this Saturday. But uh, anyway, um, how do you accumulate sources is one of the questions. Good question from from Dan Brand 22. Uh, listen, I, I've done this job now for 30 years. So what happens is, like anybody doing anything for 30 years, you go to college for four years and you build relationships in college, right? If you're in college... You know more people when you're finishing up college than you did at the beginning of college. And I think that if you do something for 30 years in any line of work, you're going to build up relationships with various people. You're going to get to know more and more people. And because of that, uh, you're going to inevitably develop some better relationships with some people. And 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 those will be people, I don't, I don't think of them as sources so much as relationships, right? Uh, this morning, the phone rings. It's somebody to let me know that Andy Dalton is being released. Again, I, I knew that that could happen at any point. Wasn't it expecting it at 9 a.m. this morning, but that's when it happened. And so relationships are built over time. They're built through trust. Uh, they're built by you proving to somebody that they can trust you, that you're not going to burn them. And I, I think that goes into that. Um, how does a high school student connect with someone in the business and build a connection? Well, it's a good question from Hudson Ridley. And what I would say is this, that I think that every summer for a high school student and for a college student is an opportunity to do an internship somewhere and to meet people and acquire skills and traits and experience and learning. I never knew that when I was in high school or college. I, I always, you know, I, I was a counselor at camp. I would do jobs to earn money. Um, but if you view your summers and your free time as opportunities to get internships, um, to meet people, I think that that's something that will benefit you in the end. Your resume will fill out. You'll have more context, more references. And, and that's something that I would recommend for anyone in high school or college. You, you can't get to the end of college and say, well, I think I want to be a sports reporter. What do I do to do that? If you weren't preparing for that all along, then you're behind the eight ball. And it's not that you can't do it at that point. You can but it's going to be infinitely more difficult to do. A question from uh, Elf Managed Sport. Would you suggest studying sports journalism, journalism, communications, sports, camaraderie? That's a great question. And what I would suggest to anybody going into any line of work is to be an English major. And that's the best thing you could do. Because being an English major, they're going to teach you to read and write. And reading and writing are skills that are going to be important to you um, in any line of work, reading and writing. And back when I was in college and I began to send letters to my favorite reporters and writers asking for career advice, the advice was always the same, always the same. And that advice was read, read 30 minutes a day. And, and I tried to do that all the time. And also write. I, I keep a journal. I've kept a journal every single day of my life since 1990. So I write every day. I try to read every day. I don't do as good a job of it anymore because the job is demanding. But reading and writing. So when you ask what your major should be in journalism or sports journalism or community, I wouldn't say any of those. I would say English major is the best major and the major that will most prepare you for whatever you decide to do. Whether it's entering journalism, law, finance, you're going to have to know how to write no matter what you do. Writing is a skill 
and a trait that will serve you well, I believe, at any point in time. Uh, all right, Shefty, uh, there's a question from Jared M. Lane. Do you think your daughter will follow in your career path? My daughter's 11. Uh, she enjoys it. I have no idea what she'll wind up doing. Uh, if she wants to, I'd be honored. We'll see. Uh, good question from Kevin Rowley. Should I get my master's if it will negatively affect my current job? The reason I went to graduate school, Kevin, is because I couldn't get a job. I, I really didn't have any other options at that point in time. So my thinking was I'd go to graduate school in Chicago. I'd work at the Tr Chicago Tribune at night and on the weekdays to earn money to help pay for school and my bills. And I would get my master's in the interim. But if I had gotten a full-time job, I wouldn't have gotten my master's. Uh, I did it only because I, I couldn't get a job. So I, I would say that if you have the time, you have the money, you have the desire, go get your master's. But if you've got something that you feel like is a great job, I wouldn't give that up to go get my master's at this point in time. Uh, what do you recommend during high school and college to get into sports casting, sports journalism? A great question from Jack O'Neill. Uh, one, Jack, the more you can do when you're younger, the better off you'll be. Um, Steve Levy, who works at ESPN, and I went to the same high school. And we went back to talk to students there on the same night. And I listened to him tell his story of his career path. And it was unbelievable. It was incredibly different than mine. He knew that he wanted to go into sports broadcasting, sports reporting, and literally did different internships with different people every summer, worked at WFAN in New York, worked for a sports agent, was always doing something to kind of get ahead, whereas I never realized I was going to be going into this line of work. I never thought I'd be doing this. And so it's a situation where when you're in high school and college, the more you can do, the better off you are. Write for your student newspaper. Work for your student radio station. Work for your student TV station. Try those things. See what you like. Do different things. And the more you can do, the more you can figure out what you like, where you excel, where you shine, and you can continue to go in those areas. But when you're in high school and college, that's a great time to figure out what you want to do, what you can do, uh, what you like doing. And I think that's excellent. Um Question from from Hank with the bank. Do you believe kids should have a backup plan or follow their dreams no matter how ridiculous it is? Well, that's a good, deep question. I think that, again, I, I can only go by what I did. And I never dreamed of becoming a sports reporter because that was so beyond my imagination. If you could have told me that as a kid, I would have said I would love to do that. And I would have set out on the path like Steve Levy did. I, I never even thought of it. But if you feel passionate about something and you chase that, I definitely think you should try that. And if it means supplementing it, and what I mean by that is once I figured out I did want to be a sports reporter, I was prepared to go back to Chicago where I went to graduate school and be a waiter or a bartender or whatever I needed to be to basically make enough money to pay my bills while I pursued my dreams. And I think I would say that to anybody. If you feel strongly about something, you want to be an actor in Hollywood, go move out there. Go make money on the side. Go give it a chance. Go get a run to do what you always wanted to do. Now, at some point in time, this may go on for three, four, five years, and you realize, you know what? I'm not getting ahead. I'm not making this. This is too hard. You, you can always back out. But 
I'm all for people chasing their dreams. And if you're chasing a passion, um, even better, right? That That's something that you should be doing. A uh, question from Lost in the Colin. Uh, with technology driving newspaper companies out of business, how would you look to enter your field? Um, great question. Look, you know, it's it's a different world. Like I dreamt of being in newspapers. That was my goal. And 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 newspapers... I don't know that newspapers are the place that people want to start today. Um, so, again, there are different ways to get started today, right? Like, again, it comes back to the reading and writing, which is why I go back to the English major. Uh, if you're reading and writing every day, you, you could be doing stuff on your own. You could be writing a blog. You could be doing video blogs. You could be doing it for any websites. You could volunteer your services for free. Hey, I want to give you this material for free, this content. You just want to start doing things. You want to start reading. You want to start writing. You want to start broadcasting. That's why it's great if you're doing it in high school because they let everybody do it. College, they let everybody do it. You try it. You realize what works and what doesn't work. You can, you can mess up on your own. Nobody's paying attention. Uh, newspapers were a great, great breeding ground. I don't think too many people are setting out to go work at a newspaper today. So that's tough. That's hard. But you can do it on your own with your own blog. You could volunteer to work for various websites. If you could work at a newspaper, I, I recommend it. I, I just think it was just excellent training uh, for what we did. Um, question from uh, Osterius. How do you balance personal relationships with the people you cover and reporting about them? That's a great question. That's a great question. Uh, look, I, I think people know that if, if they get in trouble, if there's a legal issue, a DUI, a domestic violence... In, we're going to report on that. I mean, that's the way it goes. And you'll reach out to them for comment. Uh, you hope nobody has experiences like that. But that's just the way it goes. And so if they have a problem and they're in the news and they got into trouble, uh, they're going to be in the headlines. That's that's the way the world today. And I think people are smart enough to understand that. I think when when you ask how you balance relationships with the people you cover... I think ultimately it always comes back to being fair. Did you give them a say? Did you let them know what you're reporting? Did you give them a heads up? And if you do those things and you're honorable and fair, you know, I, I don't know how anybody could have a problem with that. All right. Um, Lions Legion, any tips for high school students wanting to go down the route you went down? Yeah, again, I, I don't mean to be repetitive here, but I would say that, again, working for the high school newspaper, uh, working for the high school TV station, radio, whatever it may be, just keep doing those things. Keep reading. Read, read, read. Write, write, write. Do, do, do. Right? If you're doing those things, um, it's going to really help you move ahead for those kinds of things. Um, how important would you say getting a master's degree is for a career in journalism from Cisco Rosa? I, I think that it's a bonus. It's like an ice cream sundae with sprinkles. Do you need the sprinkles to have it be a good Sunday? No, but it's nice. If you could do it, great. A lot of people don't have the time. A lot of people don't have the funds. A lot of people don't have the interest. So it doesn't have to be done that way. But again, I was at a point in my career back in 1989 after I graduated from Michigan where I couldn't get a job. And so it made sense for me to go to graduate school at that point in time. But it might not make sense for you. If you could do it, great. If you can't, I don't think it matters uh, very much. 
All right. During these difficult times, what advice do you have for a recent college grad getting a job from The Real Bead? I've thought about that, uh, The Real Bead. And I would just say that what I would say is patience. Patience. Um, everybody's in a different situation. Some people may have lined up jobs uh, for when they graduated and have them waiting for them and good for them if they do. If not, there's no shame in moving back home with your parents, not having any rent, not having any bills, let them pay it, uh, living at home until you can at that point in time uh, find a job that allows you to, to live on your own and have your own place or have roommates. I, I, I think you want to try to ride this out. Um, and it, it's a hard time. I, I feel for you being in these difficult times, trying to get a job. Not easy at all. Um, like I said, I'd want to be saving my money in the way I could by cutting my expenses, by leaning on my parents, um, and, and just continuing to apply. And, and looking to areas that probably need help, right? There, there are probably areas that need help. Uh, you have to think creatively. You have to think outside the box. It's a challenge. And, and whether you're looking for a job now or um, at a time where the economy is prospering more than it is, let me tell you something. When you're coming out of college, it's, it's tough. And it, there are many... Your, your self-esteem takes a beating. That's the bottom line. I go back to when I was in college and I was just, I was depressed about it. I really was. Uh, it was so hard to get started in the field. And so know that it's going to take time, but know that if, if you're working hard and you're doing the right thing, it's going to work out. It just may take a little bit of time. That's, that's the way it goes. Um, did you go to summer camp as a kid? Yes, I went to, I went to Camp Kindering back in the day. Um, uh, let's see. How do you build sources? That's a question I often get. This one comes from Greg Williams, 28. Again, building sources is about building relationships and building relationships is about being in a business over time. And if you're in a business over time, you build the relationships, which build sources. I mean, the relationships you have are your sources a lot of time. It's not like, you know, somebody's laying in the weeds, you know, wait, oh, uh, here's some information that's about to come down. Um, so again, uh, I just think it just happens over time. Does your personal relationships with athletes help you in your field? Uh, question from 757 Stu Scott. You know, I've got some relationships with some athletes. Uh, there are some players whose cell phones I have, but I, I don't really see players that often, right? Last year, oddly enough, I've been at ESPN for 11 years. Last year, was the first year I really left the office. I've been in studio for Sunday countdown on Sundays and Monday night countdown on Mondays. Last year, they let me go to the Monday night sets and, and that was really one of the more enjoyable things that I've done for ESPN. You're out in the field, you're seeing coaches and players in person, you're talking to them before the game. But I didn't, I didn't get to do that very much until last year. So it's not like uh, I've got... 30 friends on a 53-man roster of players. Uh, they're new to the league, and, and my relationships with them, long-standing relationships, are by and large not with them. Uh, they're with the people that have built the teams, coached the team. Um, oh, there we go. We got the double TV on here. We got to flip it back around. Uh, there we go. 
Oh, you got a glimpse of my double screen there. Adam, thank you for doing this. What are the foundations for, of finding credible sources from Greg Bintz? You know, Greg, again, over time, you, you know what it's like, Greg, over time, you make friends, right? And how do you choose your friends? You just, certain people, they just strike you as honorable, reliable, quality people. And you, you choose your friends at college or high school, right? And, and it just sort of happens. And it's the same thing with sources. You just, you gravitate towards certain people that think like you, act like you, um, have an attitude like you. And it's the same kind of thing. So it's not like you set out to seek credible sources. You just realize over time who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. Again, 30 years of talking to people, I've learned a lot. I've learned some people that have blown me away with how smart they are. I've learned some people who I recognize weren't as smart as I initially thought. And so you figure that out over time, just like you figure out with your friends, who's a good person, who's not, who's reliable, who's not. It's the same kind of thing. Um, did you ever want to be a commentator from Jacob W. 12978040? Listen, uh, I never thought about that. I never thought about any of this, to be honest with you. It's just sort of happening. Um, to be a commentator now is not anything I've ever set out to do. It's not anything I've ever thought about doing. I did get the honor of working on Sunday Night Football with Al Michaels and John Madden uh, as a sideline reporter when Andrea Kramer was in China, I think it was at the time, for the Olympics. And I did a couple of games and that was a big thrill. And I thought, well, maybe that'll happen. Um, I thought maybe I would be a sideline reporter. But it just so happened that uh, the ESPN opportunity came along and it worked out the way it did. But I've never thought about being a commentator before. Um, all right, a question from Will Hopkins, 325. Good question. How do you get to ESPN? Again, never set out to work at ESPN. Just sort of happened. Was working at NFL Network for five years. Went to NFL Network from... 16 years, almost 16 years in newspapers in Denver in 2004. And when I went to NFL Network, uh, my contract was up. Um, it turned into a unfortunate situation where I didn't think it was uh, handled the right way. And when it wasn't handled the right way, um, ESPN came along and made me an offer. And the funny part about it was I didn't even know what I was going to be doing at ESPN I just kind of took the offer and they said about two months after I took the offer, oh, by the way, you're going to be doing Sunday Countdown with Mort. I'm like, Sunday Countdown with Mort? Like, I, God, I love Mort. I love that show. Chris Berman, Tom Jackson, Chris Carter, Keyshawn Johnson, Mike Ditka. And and I, I laugh about it. Like, who takes a job without knowing exactly what that job entailed? Me, because I didn't care. I was just happy to be going to ESPN. It was a big thrill. Um and it, and it worked out. A uh, good question from Trucks1982. What was your big break, Adam? That's a great question. It gets, that gets me very reflective, Trucks1982. Because I don't think there was one big break along the way at all. think that there were years of effort. You know, again, I didn't go to NFL Network until I was... 36 years old, something like that, 35. Again, 15 years at newspapers, 16 years at newspapers. I, I thought 
that I'd be covering the NFL and the Denver Broncos for the Denver newspaper for the rest of my life. And I was fine with that. I, I loved that. It was great. And so I, I don't know what the big break was. Like, is getting to the NFL network the big break? Is getting to ESPN the big break? Is getting a certain story the big break? I, I don't look at any one moment as my big break. I look at it as years and years and years of grinding away for the two newspapers in Denver, covering a beat, caring about that beat as much as anything. You have to remember, I'm out in Colorado. I grew up in New York. My family's in New York. I was out there basically by myself building a life, and and my job became my life for 16 years. And I developed some great friends and met some unbelievable people. But my job was my life, and I was married to that. And so... When you're committed to something that long, I, I think that was my break that maybe, oddly enough, and, and, and I love that question. When I think back to my big break, my big break might be getting my very first newspaper job, which took me two years to get with the Rocky Mountain News when Barry Forbes hired me in September of 1990. I'd spent two years looking. I was an intern in Seattle for the Post Intelligencer. I came home from three months doing an internship, thinking I'm never going to get a job, got home, and a day later, the LA Times called to offer me a high school sports reporting job in one of their bureaus in Orange County or whatever it was. And I went out celebrating that night in New York City with a couple of my friends that two years of searching and working and grinding had resulted in me getting a bureau job for a high school sports reporting job for the LA Times. And when I got back that night, there was a message from Barry Forbes, the Rocky Mountain News, who wanted to talk. And I knew he wasn't calling to talk about anything significant in my life. So I called him in the morning. He said, how fast can you get out to Denver for an interview? And in September of 1990, at the age of uh, 23 years old, I flew to Colorado. They offered me the job. And I would say that, as much as anything else, was the big break I needed. And, and it comes back to just getting your foot in the door. Always. That's what it's about. Getting your foot in the door. And once it is, then you have an opportunity to work your butt off and try to impress people. Uh, favorite moment as a sports reporter from Harrison Hill. Uh, honestly, I, 16 years newspapers, five at NFL Network, 11 at ESPN, doing this for 30 years, everything, everything. I get to cover football for a living. Um, I feel incredibly blessed and fortunate to do that. So um, I, I don't know if there's one favorite moment. Oh, you're terrifying without makeup. Thank you, Brendan. I, who's that from? Brendan, 3504. Well, that's the way it goes. This is what I look like. <laughs> so I'm glad you think I, I look terrifying. How did, you, how did your vocabulary and speaking skills develop from Glenn MTHPA, I think it says. I can't really read without my glasses. Put my glasses on. I might, have, might be able to see better. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Glenn Smith. Pa. Um. I, I didn't do anything to develop my vocabulary and speaking skills specifically other than, again, I go back to when I was writing all those reporters and writers for advice, asking them for advice, and they said, read, read 30 minutes a night. So it was a lot of reading, and then it's just reps. Uh, it's like a rookie who gets reps playing football or whatever it may be. Uh, the more reps you get, uh, the better you probably get. So it's nothing I set out to do. Um but that's, that's the way it is. From Jamie Vega, too. Talk about your time at the Rocky Mountain News. Amazing writers there at the time. Oh, man. They really were. Uh, 
There was a great writer there by the name of Greg Lopez, a columnist. Wow, is he gifted. And he died one night driving home on the highway. His car drove over an embankment or something like that. And I remember because he was one of my favorite writers of the paper. Bob Kravitz was an unbelievable writer. Bernie Lincecum, great columnist. Um, I, I worked on the Broncos beat with a guy by the name of Rick Morrissey who works in Chicago. And Rick taught me so much about covering a beat. He was so paranoid about everybody. Um, but he taught me to be paranoid. Uh, and he taught me the value of news. And that was just, again, it was it was a great breeding ground. Dave Krieger, great writer. Uh, Mark Wolf, Mark Kisla, Woody Page across the street. And there was such a newspaper war between the Denver Post and Rocky Mountain News that you learned the value of information. I, like I said, I went to graduate school at Northwestern, but I really went to graduate school in Denver, Colorado, working for the Rocky Mountain News and Denver Post for 15 years. That, that was unbelievable. A question from Jake AKSN. Any advice to young local TV sports reporters in the business about finding better stories? It's a great question, Jake. What I would say is, you know these press conferences where, or, where the crowds are? What is going to differentiate you if you're in the crowd of reporters getting the same sound bites that everybody else is? And I go back to when I covered the Broncos in the very first Super Bowl. Everybody's going to media day, to Mike Shanahan's press conferences, and listening to what he has to say. And I opened up the LA Times, and Bill Plaschke, the great columnist, wrote a column. Was it Bill Plaschke or TJ Simers? One of the two men, and they were both great at what they did, Bill Plaschke and TJ Summers, wrote a story. We were in San Diego where the Broncos were playing the Super Bowl. And somehow they found out that the valedictorian of Mike Shanahan's high school also lived there and was a doctor. And they wanted to know why there were hundreds of reporters gathered there to talk to Mike Shanahan. But nobody was lining up to talk to the doctor who was invaluable to that community who had graduated number one in Mike Shanahan's class. And they did a feature on that doctor. And I thought to myself, that is brilliant. So Jake, when you're asking for advice about finding better stories, always think what people aren't doing. Always think about where the crowd isn't. Always think about what would be more interesting. Again, a little example, and it's probably a poor example, but this past week, I was thinking, I got to do my podcast, the Adam Schefter podcast. Who do I want on this week? Well, I was going to have Mel Kuyper Jr. and Daniel Jeremiah on. I wanted to have them on. I'm like, I want to do something different. What was, what was an interesting story of the draft? Bill Belichick's dog. Okay. Let me see if I could get Bill Belichick's significant other, his girlfriend, Linda Holiday, on to talk about Nike, their dog. And again, it, it was the background of why Nike jumped into... Bill Belichick's chair, how it happened, who Nike is. And again, maybe that bores some people. It's not exactly hard-hitting, but it's different. It's different. And so you always want something that's a little different, a little outside the box. And if you're going away from the crowds, you'll have a better chance of doing that. And I hope you'll, I hope you'll do that. And I hope that um, will help out. Um, advice for breaking into sports front office journalism using skills experience from other fields. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very valuable. Like... If, if you're in the legal profession um, and you've been working for a law firm, you're trained to think a certain way. So you might be able to bring a different perspective to a newspaper. It, it, look at Stefania Bell at ESPN. She was a doctor before, uh, some kind of doctor, 
and, and she's brought her medical knowledge to ESPN and broadcasts about that at ESPN. Uh, again, it comes back to specialization. What field do you excel in? What area do you shine in? Um, how does that work? And so I, I think, you know, by the way, if I put this down here, uh, if you do it that way, um, you may have better luck specializing in a certain area. So I, I think that would be a good way of doing it. Um, let's go on to the next question. Does going to a college with a high-profile sports help breakthrough in journalism? No. No. Um, it's all about, you could go to Mulberry, Lehigh, Lafayette, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Harvard, Brown, Yale, whatever school you want. It's up to you at that college newspaper, Jay Cunningham NFL, to, to make the most of your experience. It's not about, I don't think it's about where you go to school. It's more about what you do with the opportunity when you are at school. And it's funny, I, I, I've had people call me about college choices. And I've said to them, basically, um, you know, someone said to me, well, Maryland's got a better journalism school than Michigan. I, I never heard that before. And maybe that is true. But if you go to Michigan and you're working for the student newspaper or the student TV station and you get great experience doing that, then what does it matter if Maryland has a better journalism school? Do you think that when you're applying for jobs that somebody's going to think, oh, this is how we have the schools ranked? No, they're not going to do that. But they're going to look at the work you did there and they're going to make a determination of the work you did and the content you're putting out, and that, as much as anything, will help. So I don't think it matters whether you go to a high-profile sports school to, to do that. Now, again, if you want to be around big-time sports and see how that works, then, yeah, that's, that's great to go to a place like Michigan. But I don't think it's imperative at all, and I don't think that it's um, something that you have to do. From Zach Cohn 12, how do you balance your career with your personal life? Uh, always, a, always a battle for anybody in any line of work. There's no way that you can dedicate yourself fully to a job in any field and think that you're going to have all this time for your family. You you struggle with it every day now. I'm home in quarantine with my wife, my two kids, my three dogs. Uh, I don't remember the last time I've been home for two straight months without going away anywhere, as has happened now. But that's been the case, and it's been great. Um, but... To do a job right and well, whether it's in sports, whether it's in finance, uh, again, medicine, whatever it may be, right? To do it well, it takes sacrifice. And it takes people around you who understand that sacrifice. Now, you have to figure out ways to overcome that. And, and you know, one of the battles I have is even when I'm away from work or off from work, I'm never off from work because the phone will ring, a text will come, things will happen. And you have to respond to that. That's, that's, that's what my job demands. I think that it takes sacrifice no matter where, what field you're in, um, to juggle everything. And so it, it's not easy, but you have to figure it out in your own way. And, that, and that's why it's great early on. You know, I, I didn't get married until I was 38, 39 years old to my wife. And so I was able to just throw myself fully into the job, which I, I think you know, was helpful. All right, Adam, with high NFL connections, how would you recommend me using that <laughs> the correct way as an N <laughs> from Twilly? Well, Twilly, you have to do your own work. Um, 
All right, from the damn Viking. What do you do when you have to go live on ESPN? Well, I, I, basically, they control the cameras. You can see technology is not my forte, not my specialty. Um, they control it. I sit in this chair right here. Uh, if you can see this, let's see. There's a chair right there. And uh, there's my backdrop. And I sit down and I put my IV in and we start doing some TV. Um, all right. How does one get into NFL Network or ESPN as a reporter nationally or for a specific team? Uh, good question. Basically, again, it's, it's about doing work that matters. Uh, it's about doing work that makes a difference. It's about doing work that stands out. Maybe that's a breaking story. Maybe that's a feature that nobody has done before. Maybe it's a unique angle to look at. And if you're doing all those things, yeah, are those good? Then, then you'll stand out. And I think you have a chance for Rochelle Winton. Are those glasses real? Well, I can't read the questions without the glasses. So yes, they're definitely real. And it is much better. Um, any advice on developing your own persona as a sportscaster? From Zachary298-3600. Uh, Good question, Zachary. Um, what I would say is you have to be you. When, when I started out as a writer, I always wanted to write like Mitch Album. I always wanted to write like Lee Montville. Uh, I always wanted to write like somebody else. But you've got to be you. And you've got to find your voice and you've got to find what you feel passionate about. Um, and so uh, don't, I mean, it's great to study other people and watch how they do their job. But ultimately, you have to be true to yourself. That, that's an important thing. Uh, what, do I, what do I major in to become someone like you from Steel Hess 1? Uh, again, I'm going to come back to the English major. The more you read, the more you write, uh, the better off you'll be. And I think that that's something that, again, will serve everybody well at that point in time. What, what jobs in, in the NFL ESPN are around the players more often? What does that mean? I'm not sure what that means. Any programs for veterans to get into journalism after service life? Uh, from Shooter MGVN86. You know, again, Shooter MGVN86, what I would say to you, first of all, thank you for your service. Um, thank you for what you've given up. What I would say is volunteer your time on the weekends at a local radio or TV station. See how you like it. See what's happening with that. Um, see if you get some experience, make some connections, and just start uh, the climb up. I think that that's the best way of doing it. It, it. There's no easy way, but I think that that's uh, the best way to do it. All right, from Joey Temp. Given the chance, would you jump strictly to the NBA? Also, is EJ the best dressed in the EJ? Well, EJ is a complete total stud, the personification of class. Would I jump strictly to the NBA? That's Woj's job. I've had the honor of working some sideline games for ESPN, and that's been a great thrill for me uh, to be able to go. I, I call it my professional vacation. When I get to do those assignments, it's, it's outstanding. Love doing it. Get to talk to the players and coaches before the game. It's amazing. You know what's fun about that? 30 minutes from tip-off, you're speaking with the NBA coach of each team. And I'm thinking before a football game, the football coaches would never do that 30 minutes before the game. They're not getting sitting down for 10 minutes to go over the game plans and what they're looking at. Uh, football is a very different environment than basketball, but I've loved being in the basketball environment. All right, from Johnny Boylan, favorite books to read? Well, we got we got a slew of them over there. Have you ever read Unbroken by uh, Laura Hillenbrand? That is that is an excellent book. If you haven't read that, read that. A Little Fires Everywhere, I read that recently. 
Watched the series on Hulu. That was excellent. Um, what else do we have back there uh, that I would recommend? Hmm. Malcolm Gladwell is excellent. All, all that he's done is just tremendous. What a great writer he is. Um, the Tender Bar by my friend J.R. Moringer, a great book. There's some great books. Um, let's see. What's an ideal first job for someone just starting out in sports journalism from Austin Green? Another great question, Austin. Um, I would say whatever you can do is a great job. If, if you can be a entry-level newspaper reporter or a reporter at a TV station, reporter at a radio station, again, there's no ideal entry-level job. The ideal entry-level job is one in which you're going to be learning and working really hard. And I think that that's the most important thing. Oh, wow. Somebody, Turd Ferguson 691 said, Laura Hillenbrand just recovered from COVID-19, which I didn't know. There's a comment. If I could get back to the questions here, we could figure this out. I'm really messing this up, and I really apologize, people. Uh, my apologies. Um, from Mickey Canuck, what are some respected entry-level sports blogging sites you'd recommend for aspiring writers? You know, there, there are so many good blogs out there. Um, <laughs> are those Jim Harbaugh's glasses? Some, basically, yeah. Take them off for a little bit. Um, I, I, I just think, I, I, I'm not going to single out any of them because I don't want to exclude anybody. Um, I know ESPN.com has got some great content. Uh, I, there are so many people that are doing so many blogs. Just keep reading all, all these sites. What is the most challenging part of your job from Harrison Hill? Again, another great question. I, I think the challenging parts of your job are the demands of juggling your personal time and your professional time and your home life with your professional life. Again, being quarantined, don't have to travel anywhere. So that, that's been an advantage here. Um, the hardest parts of your job is just also staying on top of 32 teams. We could be on this call right now. And something could happen, and and it falls within my jurisdiction. So that that's always something um, that you wonder about. What is your biggest career regret from Robinette Riley? And you know what? I, I don't have a lot of regrets. Uh, I look back at the career again, not to be too Pollyannish, but what would I regret? Like, what do I feel bad about? Uh, not much. I, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't regret very much at all. Uh, it's been an unbelievable ride, and I'm thrilled to uh, be a part of it. From George, Geiger fan, how much sleep do you normally get? I tell people I sleep in bursts. You know, I fall asleep at 11, 11.30, sleep to 2 in the morning, up a couple hours, go back to bed for a couple hours. How many times do I get to sleep straight through the night? Almost never. Six, seven straight hours. Um, just very different. What's an average work day for you from... 215 Sports News. Just depends on the day, depends on the time of the year, depends on where we're at. You know, May and June usually is, is a uh, really nice time of the year because you're past free agency, you're past the draft, you're past the NFL season. There's not even any off-season programs right now other than the virtual off-season programs. So uh, it's quieter right now. It works out uh, pretty well. But an average work day during the season, honestly, it just, it just never stops. Uh, and it doesn't mean that I'm working, you know, getting up at five and getting on the phone and staying on the phone to me. That's not it. But you're always on the clock. You could sit down to have dinner with your family. And this happens often. And the phone rings and it's somebody that wants to talk to you. And I'm not going to say, well, 
having dinner with my family right now. Let me call you back. Um, well, I've said that, but sometimes you know that you're not going to get a person. You got to walk away. And it's 15, 20 minutes away from your family. So an average workday is different every day, but it just never stops. Uh, with this job, with a job like Wolge's or Jeff Passon's, with a lot of jobs in this day, it's not just our jobs. You're just always on the clock. It just, you never know when it's going to rear your head. So um, it, it is what it is. It's not a complaint, but it's just a fact of the matter. Uh, what's the one thing you wish sports media focused less on and one thing they focus more on? Uh, from FB Bucks fan. Well, uh, I'd like to see more good deeds highlighted. Um, I think a lot of organizations, coaches, players do a lot of good things that don't get the attention that some of the bad things do. But I, I recognize that that's the way of the world sometimes, and there's no other way around it. Uh, less focus. I don't know. The things that don't deserve focus usually don't get focus. So uh, I, I wouldn't go there. Uh, how do you overcome your fears of criticism with sports opinions from uh, June Real 1722. My job isn't to give opinions. I, there, there are enough people at ESPN that give their opinions. Uh, when I give an opinion, it's often based in fact. It's often based on conversations I've had with various people. Um, and, and that's how I've tried to do my job. Uh, from Chase, Chase Three Baller, will you attempt the Lambo leap again? That was fun. That was a lot of fun. I got to tell you, I was actually very nervous about that. Chase, for about a week when they asked me if I would be willing to do it, I was only worried that I was going to blow out my Achilles. Like, that was my great fear. So when you see the sheer joy on my face when I'm sitting atop the wall, honestly, that was only because I was not hurt. That that was why I was so happy, because I was terrified that a 52-year-old guy uh, would suddenly be vaulting onto that wall. And, and, and I thought I jumped really high, and then I saw the replay. I'm like, oh, my God, that's embarrassing. Like, I got up three inches and they pulled me up, so, um, you know, that's that was fun. Uh, let's see. Has your job met every bit of satisfaction, or is there something much more you wish to pursue? A question from Joseph Higgins, Higgins the Third. You know, again, this has already exceeded everything I would have imagined. Uh, I, I've never aspired to do more. Like I said, if I had been in Denver at the newspaper for... Um, the, my entire career, that would have been fine with me. I, I really thought I was going to be a newspaper guy for my entire career. And so uh, I'm thrilled doing what I'm doing. I, I'll continue to do it as long as ESPN will have me. And we'll just see where it winds up going. I, I have no idea. Uh, how is your family doing while in quarantine? I appreciate the question, Craig Adam G. Uh, like everybody else, uh, we haven't left our house basically in seven weeks. A few trips to the grocery. I went to the vet yesterday. But that's been it. Um, different life for everybody. Everybody's getting used to it. And uh, not an easy thing to do. Um, we hope that science here bails us all out. Um, let's see. Would ESPN... Huh. Would ESPN consider a strictly lacrosse insider like you to cover football from D. Lee? Look, again, uh, if you've got a skill, you got a specialty, you got a background... Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. I mean, I think you could do anything. So I, I would say they would, they'd be open to anything. If you're a good reporter and you do good work, uh, they'll take a look at you. Do you keep your phone on, at all, on you at all times from 
Sean McNally. Yes, uh, I have two phones with me at all times. Uh, sleep with one of them next to me. Uh, you know what happened? And it actually... 16, maybe? But anyway, the it was in that draft where the Rams traded up to the Titan spot at number one. And I was in a spin class at my gym. And I walked out of the spin class at 9 a.m. And there were like 12 text messages about the trade that had come in 20 minutes before the class was over, giving me a heads up, hey, this is coming down. And I missed it. And by the time I responded to it, uh, it was too late. The story was out there. And so ever since then, I, I regret not carrying my cell phone that day. Um, I've always had my phone with me. And now it's a moot point because I don't go to the gym. And I'm running my Peloton at home. And, and uh, that's my workout. But yes, the phones are with me at all times. That's sort of how it works. Um, how do you get to have your own podcast? How much do you enjoy that? Question from Zach Wolf. You know, the funny thing is, is I started about three years ago. ESPN didn't ask me to do it. I just kind of volunteered it. Just thought it would be a good thing to try and experience. It would give another form, another outlet to some people. It give a voice to them. And it'd be a way of me telling stories that I wouldn't ordinarily get to tell on air and have people on that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get on air. Again, uh, like Nike Belichick, the story of how he got into that chair. Um... There are various other stories you'd like to tell, want to tell, and the podcast is a great forum to do it. Uh, I love doing it. It's a lot of extra work each week, thinking of the guests, thinking of the questions, thinking of how you want to do it. But again, love doing it and wouldn't trade it uh, for anything else. How to apart yourself from the rest of the young journalists looking for an entry-level job from Neza Pavic. Again, good work shines. If somebody is doing a great feature on a college player who, oh, I don't know, overcome some tremendous, overcame some tremendous adversity to get to where he was. You know, I remember back in 1990, I was 23 years old, and I started writing for the Rocky Mountain News. And at the time, uh, I met a young man who played for Colorado by the name of Charles Johnson, who went on to become a number one pick, first round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Charles was a freshman that year. And I don't know how this happened, but, you know, I, I would start talking to a lot of the players and listen to their stories and strike up relationships back in the day. And Charles was telling me how um, one day, and it wasn't, you know, we talked for a long period of time and told me about his mom and his sister. Um, and, and he told me how he had attempted suicide. And it became a, a really interesting story that, that kind of... Um, proved how tough he was to overcome everything he did to get to where he was as a first-round draft pick of the Steelers. And he was kind enough to entrust me to tell that story when I was starting out. And it was an unbelievable story. Um, and I was proud to do it, and I was proud to tell a story. And people noticed that kind of thing. So there's great stories out there. You have to go find them and tell them. And I don't care where you're doing them, for a small newspaper or a small TV station or radios, if, if it's good, people will find it. And they'll be like, oh, is that the person who did that story and that story and that story? And they got that info. You make them notice you. I think it makes, it makes a difference and it separates you from the pack. So I think that makes a difference. Um, what's your go-to junk food snack from uh, Lunchbox 2000? 
You know, I'm eating a lot. Nugo Nutrition. They sent me a bunch of Power Bars last week. I've had one every day. Excellent. Nugo Nutrition. Favorite cereal? Cheerios. Uh, great question from Ryan Martin. How do you confirm that a tip you get from a source is legit? Huh. It's a great question. And again, having had the honor and privilege of doing this for 30 years, it's not like you're just speaking to somebody out of nowhere. Like, um, I had something happen to me recently. It was about a month ago. I got a text out of nowhere from somebody claiming to be somebody, which never happens. And they're like, wanted to tell you about this. And I don't remember what it was. It would be my journal probably. But I, I remember, oh, oh, I know what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I called the NFL to verify. Oh, that's what it was. Right, 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 right. I called the NFL to verify this person was calling to tell me that that uh, it was a promotional kind of thing, not a big deal, that Roger Goodell was um, supporting this contest to have people boo him. And I thought to myself, this is weird because the guy that reached out to me, I never heard of before. And it turned out I spoke to some people at the NFL and it was true. Now, that was a tip, if you want to call it a tip, because it's not really a hard-hitting news story, but it was interesting that I wanted to verify. But there are enough other people that you just know. Sometimes... Um, you have to verify things. You'll hear things. You'll be told things. If it's not a direct source, you want to verify it. But if it's somebody that's involved, a player who's traded and he tells you he's traded or a coach who tells you he made the trade or a release or uh, in an agent sometimes, maybe you want to talk to the team. But you, you've done this long enough. You kind of know when you have to second, you have to get a second uh, confirmation on it, if that makes any sense. Um, what are your career goals moving forward from Barry2447? My goals are just to continue doing what I'm doing for ESPN, to continue to work hard, continue to try to do my best. And I've never, I've never really thought too much over the last 15, 20 years about what's next. I've just tried to do my job that day. And if you're doing your job that day, usually, um, good things will come about. Uh, do you ever get a vacation from Jared LRK? You know, first of all, if I get a vacation now, where are we going? Everybody's quarantined. And so we've got three dogs and two kids. So we don't, we, we don't really go away very often. And again, with this job, it's hard to, it's hard to leave it. Like it doesn't leave you. Oh, by the way, I just realized we're, we're past the hour. So I'm going to take a few more questions here. Um, it, vacation just doesn't fit in. I, I should take it. I want to take it. My wife doesn't love, love to fly. So, we, we just don't go on very, very many vacations. I want to try to bang through a few of these real quick. How much sleep do you get in the off-season? Not much. Rank these types of stories in terms of what will help my career. Breaking enterprise feature. I would say all of them. I'm not going to put one over the other. Because if you do a great feature, it will get attention. If you do a great enterprise story, it will get attention. If you do get breaking news, it will get attention. There's ways to get attention and get the notice of future employers. It's all about good work more than it is a, a, a particular area. Uh, so th that that's the most important thing is just doing good work. I'm losing the questions again, okay, which is just fitting. Uh, but I would like to take a few more here before we sign off. Well, I, I guess being that the questions have stopped rolling in, uh, they're there and I can't figure out how to get them uh, because of my uh, technological challenge skills. I'm going to wrap it up here. I guess I want to thank you all for tuning in today. I want to thank Ernie Johnson for putting this all together, for having different speakers, 
hopefully there was something said here that uh, you'll draw some knowledge and inspiration from. And I want to wish you all the best. Know that it's a long, hard road. But if you want to do something badly enough, you can do anything you want. I really believe that. Uh, nobody told that to me when I was younger. Uh, but I believe that if you work hard and do the right thing and treat people well, uh, the sky's the limit. I wish you the very best in this time uh, of trouble in our country. Be well. Stay safe. Thank you for tuning in today. Much appreciated. Thank you for tuning into this episode of VJ's Game Plan. For more information on today's guest and breaking into the sports media industry, go to our website, www.ejsgameplan.com. Tune in every week to hear from more guests on their experience in the media industry. EJ's Game Plan is brought to you by Ernie Johnson Jr., the University of Georgia's new media institute and Grady Sports.